Hey there, this is Brian. I'm the host of the Engaging Missions show. If you've found this show for the first time, I did want to take a second to let you know that this show is not currently in production. You're certainly welcome to check out all of the archives, but we don't have new episodes coming out at the moment. However, I did want to take a second to highlight one of the sponsors that sponsored the show a while ago. They're not currently sponsoring the show, but if you're looking for a place to invest in the kingdom, I'd recommend checking out Mega Voice Audio Bibles. You can find them at megavoice.com, or you'll find a link in the show notes, and I would encourage you to just check that out and see if maybe that's a fit for your giving. There's no compensation here or anything like that. I just wanted to highlight them. And with that, I'll get you back into the regular program. Fundraising can be hard, but what if there was a way to take some of the administrative challenge out of it so that missionaries can focus on relationships and ministry? This is the Engaging Missions Show, Episode 213 with Carl Meisterheim. Welcome to the Engaging Missions Show, where we are bringing missions home. Here's your host, Brian Ensminger. Thanks so much for stopping by and welcome to the show. We want to provide a way for thousands of people to hear a message, make connections, and take action. This week, we're going to be talking about fundraising and partnerships, software, and how God has provided a unique way for our guest to build this software that we're talking about while also working. I have for you an audiobook recommendation brought to you by MissionalAudio.com, and I want to welcome Ernie and Sandra, who recently liked the Engaging Missions Facebook page. If you'd also like to do that, you can visit Facebook.com slash Engaging Missions. That's just one of the ways that we can connect and continue to build a relationship. I'd also like to welcome some of our listeners from afar. As I was looking over last month's downloads, so September's downloads, I noticed that Japan came in number two, and that kind of surprised me a little bit. So if you're listening from Japan, welcome. It's great to have you. And whether you're listening from Japan or somewhere else, I would love to know where you're listening from. So tap the album art or visit the show notes page and click the link and just leave a comment on that post in Facebook to let me know where you are listening from. It'd be great to start building that connection and to connect that way. I'd also like to mention that I am in the middle of a fundraiser for Global Initiative. This is a ministry of the Assemblies of God. They provide resources for Christians to engage Muslims and to show God's love and to provide discipleship and build churches and all, all kinds of things like that, or to plant churches, rather, all, all kinds of amazing things. I'd like, to, I'd like to ask you to consider helping fund their ministry. None of this money goes to engaging missions. Every bit of this goes to help fund what they're doing. In just a minute, I'm going to introduce our guest, but I just want to let you know that I really think this is going to be a valuable conversation for you, whether you're a donation-supported minister or not. Not only do I think it's good to understand what's going on and to, you know, maybe have additional resources to help point people to if they're trying to raise funds or, you know, they're struggling with that, but also— even if this doesn't benefit you in terms of helping other people connect with resources, I think it's going to be a really good conversation because I think you're going to enjoy hearing Carl's heart and what he's been doing. All right, today I am incredibly excited to have with me Carl Meisterheim. He's a problem solver focused on using technology to advance kingdom work. He's based in Ohio and spends his time doing web development and also investing in his local church. And he's the creator of Support Goal, which is some software designed to help ministry in managing relationships and fundraising. So, Carl, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm impressed that you pronounced my name correctly. 
Well, thank you. I, I did listen to the interview that you sent me and the host there pronounced it. So I, I, I thought I knew, but I wanted to confirm. And so, yeah, I like to try and make sure I get it. If nothing else I get right, it's the guest's name is incredibly important. Now, as I think about what you do, what, what you sent as far as using technology to advance the kingdom work, that, that's kind of generic. Can you be a little bit specific and share with us what it is that you do in a, in a kind of a specific way? Sure. It, it's hard to be specific because <laughs> it is generic. But the reason it is is because fundamentally I view myself as a problem solver. If you've ever taken the strengths finder assessment, for example, mm-hmm. the word that came up for me was repairer. I love to find things that are broken and to fix them. And I've been blessed with talent with the use of technology and critical thinking. And so whenever I come across a ministry or a client or situation where there's a problem, I'll do whatever I can to find that problem and solve it for them. So oftentimes it revolves around their websites, email, setting up systems so they can actually get the information they want to get out to their constituents, that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah, I, I like that. I did take the StrengthsFinder assessment as well. Repairer wasn't one that showed up in mind. So it's exciting <laughs> to talk to somebody who's a little bit different from from who I am. Now, I know that you do some work with Support Goal and that that software is designed to to help missionaries in managing relationships and in, in their fundraising. And I'm wondering... What is at least one way that you've seen an organized approach to fundraising make a positive impact in people's lives? I think for me, the the one that comes to mind almost immediately is for the folks that I have ministered with in the past, collegiate staff mostly, when you're in a season of ministry, it's very easy to neglect your ministry team and the activity of fundraising. If you have Mm -hmm. an organized, systematic approach to fundraising, it enables you to remain connected to your ministry team and to do the right work with whatever short amount of time you have. And it, it, most importantly, I think it removes that cognitive load from a missionary's mind of having to constantly be thinking or reassessing what should I be doing so that they can do just the work they need to do in the short amount of time they have. I like that. And I especially like the way you referred to that, talking about them as a ministry team. I know that there are some people who definitely view fundraising as basically a necessary evil. It's a difficult thing to do. It's maybe something that they don't feel cut out to do. And maybe also they feel like they're burdening people by asking them to join them in ministry. Have you seen a perspective that helps people approach this from a holistic standpoint that really helps them connect the dots of how this is all working together? Yeah, I think I was blessed when I was introduced to the fundraising world that the training I received very much emphasize the idea of viewing the people that you reach out to and that ultimately end up supporting you as a partner partnership. And in addition, there's some other material I come across from a foundation called Mission Increase talks about mm-hmm. transformational giving, where they, they talk more about combining sort of the spiritual development of people you care about with the fundraising aspect and in, into making what we call champions. And so it's this idea of having a viewpoint of when you interact with people not just assessing, okay, and this is going to sound cynical, but how do I most eloquently extract wealth from this individual to further my mission and mm. transform that into, okay, who is this person and why are they even talking to me and where are they at spiritually in these different areas? How can I help them take the next step forward in their walk with Christ in pursuit of this common vision that I have that they are excited about? And then out of that naturally will flow relationship and opportunities for them to invest wealth if they choose to do that. I really like that. And just to be a little bit transparent, it continues to amaze me. People that have the ability to understand 
other people. That's something that I don't really consider to be one of my shining attributes. And so I'm really happy to hear that people do get that. How have you seen or did you see that make a shift in your own life? Well, unfortunately for me, that deeper realization only came to light as I was transitioning out of being full-time support-based mm. ministry. But what it has done, it has inspired me to begin to change the tools that I create and the things that I talk about to help others because I'm still very much in that world, just not actively support-based myself. Okay. Now, that's that's a great transition point because you are the creator of Support Goal, which is some software. What What was it that was the catalyst? What was it that headed you down the path toward creating Support Goal? Well, I thought about how could I most quickly and easily become the richest person in the world? And I thought <laughs> selling software to missionaries and nonprofits, that's the thing. Yeah. How's that working for you? <laughs> well, I, I think I need to reassess what I <laughs> have to do here. For me, where that came from was, you know, obviously I have my background is in technology, even though I was mm. serving as a full-time missionary at that point. As I was transitioning out of the ministry, I was trying to figure out how could I best leverage my abilities and talents and interests to continue to be invested in the kingdom and not just invested in the kingdom, but have a big impact, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Mm. And so I realized that if I could leverage my skills and abilities to help many people reach and remain on the missions field by solving this problem that I experienced and saw or in the people around me of how they struggle with fundraising, that would be a win-win for everyone. And so that's really where the impetus for support goal was born as I mm. surveyed the field and recognized that there was an opportunity for a better tool at that time, that I had the ability to create that tool and a market to provide that tool to, namely my local church, and then hopefully people beyond that, I decided that was where to invest that time. So as you were going through that, I'm, I'm, I'm always interested in transitions and how, how God walks us through those. And I'm wondering, was this an immediate thing where you saw a need and a, a sort of a gap in the market, if you will, and you went, okay, that's what I'm going to do? Or did it, it take some time for God to reveal this to you? This was a pretty quick one for me because it's been something that I had always wanted myself mm. <laughs> as someone who knows how technology works and has the skills to create technology, but being frustrated by my lack of time to do <laughs> those things for my own life. Uh, I'd always wanted a better tool when I was fully support-based. And then, as I said, as I sort of assessed the very real and pressing needs as I saw people around me, because I have many friends who either struggled to completely raise their initial support or raise their initial support, but then within a year or two had to take a step away from the missions field in order to go back to fundraising because they lost support or weren't able to sustain their support. It really weighed on my heart that I could help solve that problem. And I had the perfect opportunity to do it. So that's, that's why I chose to go there. So let's camp out there for just a second, because I know, because I've talked to a bunch of missionaries, but before I did that, I didn't necessarily know that sometimes missionaries or you know, support-based, faith-based people who are out there working with their partners do have to step away for a season, maybe step away forever because of the fundraising part of it. When that happens, how does that impact them and their ability to accomplish what God has for them? Obviously, for each person, it's different, but yeah. I feel like the biggest impact is, you know, the the world that I came out of, campus-focused ministry, we are very much a team. And so when one or two or several of our teammates had to, to leave campus for a season, it had a huge impact on the rest of us because not only did we have to pick up their responsibilities and figure out how to, to take care of those things, but relationally, we miss them. 
And it was just discouraging to know that there are these people that God has called and that have talents and abilities and were doing great work, but now they had to be away from that work simply because of this financial problem that they were facing. Okay. So, so they're definitely having some of, some of those challenges. And I definitely hear those kinds of things, right? That it, it matters and it makes a difference for the whole team. You, however, now you're in the marketplace. You've got this software that you're supporting. You, you have some work that you do. And I would assume that once you turned that corner and you said, okay, this is what I'm going to do, that it was all unicorns and rainbows and everything fell into place. Is that how it works? Exactly. You know, when I <laughs> repented and moved from Michigan to Columbus, Ohio, and transitioned from being a Wolverine to a Buckeye, God just made everything <laughs> line up for me. Yeah. No, I'm still Wolverine for those that are listening. But um, no, that's not how it worked out. Yeah. So, so as you've been working through this, were, were there any, you know, how did God get you through the difficult times as you're developing software and sometimes scaling this stuff up so that it can support more people? How, how does God work with you as you're working through that? Well, I was blessed because in the beginning process, I literally lived next door to a fellow staff couple that were in our part of our church plant. And I would work on it in my bedroom and I would run out my apartment door, run into their apartment and say, okay, check this out. What do you think? And I was oh. able to get instant feedback, which not only was very encouraging to me because I really thrive on, on people seeing that and being delighted by it, but it also provided a lot of direct feedback in terms of, are we heading in the right direction? Does this make sense? Is this helping? So that rapid development at the beginning was definitely helpful. And Nate and Katie, if you're listening to this, you know who you are. And uh, Thanks for not knocking on the wall too loudly. <laughs> Yes, that was very helpful in the beginning. That sounds like it was probably a huge benefit. And I, I just realized we probably haven't even spent a whole lot of time talking about what support goal is. If you were meeting somebody for the first time and sharing with them what support goal is about and how it works, what would you share with them? Well, depending on how witty I'm trying to be at the time, I might <laughs> say something as, as simple as support goal as rocket fuel for your fundraising if I want to be a little more descriptive, I'll say it's CRM designed for ministries and missionaries to help them reach and remain on the mission field. But really what it is, is a system, it's a database, a tool that helps you organize and collect all the information you have related to fundraising and then figure out how to take action on that information. So all your contact information, notes about conversations you have with people, relationships that you have, gifts that you've received and patterns in those giving and then taking all that information and presenting it to you in a way that helps you decide, okay, in the time that I have available, what are the next steps I need to take to really move the thing forward? Does it come pre-programmed with some suggestions of you might want to do this or how would somebody know, okay, I've got this in front of me. Now this is what I should focus on. There are a couple of different ways this system helps you do that. The first is by enforcing this idea of every person in your database being in one phase out of a total of five. Mm. What I did is as I went through my fundraising training, I thought back to my experiences, I created this gigantic state diagram that showed how all the transitions work. And it was, it was a fun and nerdy thing to do. <laughs> and then I tried to boil it down into the sim simplest elements because I've, the whole point of the software when I started it was I wanted to make it simple. I wanted to make it easy to use and I wanted to make it actionable. And so by having every person categorized in one of five distinct phases, it really forces you to assess, okay, this is truly where this person is at in the typical fundraising process of, you know, getting a name, reaching out to them, setting up an appointment, having that appointment. Hmm. And it removes the ambiguity because I think for a lot of missionaries or people that fundraise, one of the things that can creep into their fundraising process is they'll have 
notes in their database. They'll have names. They'll maybe even have to-dos, but they struggle emotionally or for whatever reason to really make the hard call about, okay, no, this is actually where this person is at. They are mm-hmm. not interested. <laughs> or I really need to not be afraid to ask this person to take the next step because they're just sort of drifting in this no man's land. Wow, that that's really good. You know, so I, I'm a bit of a nerd as well. And so I do research on things like motivation and productivity. And one of the things I hear consistently is that ambiguous questions or things where you don't necessarily know what the outcome is or what complete looks like, or maybe even what it is that you're looking like can really stifle us. It can become a blockage for us, not only completing that task, but even sometimes the ones that we do know that we need to do simply because there's this big unknown hanging out there. So I'm incredibly happy that there's this tool out there to help people that are raising support know, okay, this is what's going on. And yeah, right or wrong, I'm going to have to make a call here and figure out what to do next. And I, I love that it does that. When I think about this tool, we've been talking specifically about missionaries a little bit, but you also mentioned campus ministries. What what kinds of ministries would benefit from a tool like Support Goal? Any ministry that is involved in raising funds, and I would say is probably medium size or smaller, because this you know there are there are many good tools out there for large, complicated organizations. And I'm not pretending to be one of them. I have no interest in that, quite honestly. But for those that are on the the small to medium size, this is a perfect tool because it will help you change your organization from being one person who potentially is part-time working on fundraising. And then as soon as that person leaves or transitions, all the knowledge goes out the window to being a team of people who are able to fundraise and each person do their part and collaborating in the system where you're preserving institutional knowledge about your relationship with all these people and not just preserving that knowledge for your own benefit, but preserving that knowledge so that you can continue to help them grow and develop spiritually through the different seasons of your ministry as you seek to engage your partners and make them champions of whatever it is you're doing. And we've talked a little bit about how it helps understand the relationships, right? Understand where people are and where their interest is. I'm wondering, is is there anything that you didn't design support goal to do? Is there something that you're going, eh, that's not really part of what part of what we're going to do? Yeah. So what I have had to confront is there are limitations to what I'm able to do and limits mm-hmm. on my resources. And that yeah. has really helped shape support goal because I recognize that I can't be everything. And so people will ask for features or I'll have this cool idea and I'll try it out and recognize that it's just too much, be a nerdy term, technical debt or too much complexity to introduce into the code base. Hmm. And so what I try to figure out, okay, is what piece does support goal fit? What need is it feeling best? And how can I make it do that better and not get into other things that other tools can take care of? So for example, a lot of people use MailChimp or constant contact to manage email. Support goal has an email list management system built into it, but I stopped making that different because I recognized that it was far better for people to use a different system that was the sole focus of that system, and then for me to integrate with it in ways that were convenient. So for list management, somebody might use something like MailChimp or Constant Contact. Is is support goal able to take the information from that and then go, okay, this person is or isn't opening your emails, you know, they are or are not getting where you're sending them? How, How does that work? Correct. That's the approach I decided to take was, especially because of the way web technology works, is, you know, many of these systems have APIs that allow other systems to access information on your behalf. And so instead of recreating a mediocre experience in my own software, 
helping steer people in the right direction, getting the best tools, and then integrating with those tools so that the essential information is brought back to support goal to both make it convenient for them and also to help continue to inform them on the decisions they need to make. And can can it help them also understand where they are in terms of their finances or, you know, if there's a donor that they maybe need to follow up with to see if they need additional ministry because they've stopped giving? Does, is it able to do some of those things too? It does. In fact, that's one of the the key components when you first log into the system is you're presented with a dashboard that shows breakdowns of what's going on with your giving. And in support goal, it tries to alert you to different patterns that it's seeing. So if somebody was supposed to renew an annual gift and it didn't come in, or somebody committed to giving on a certain frequency and, and that gift wasn't received, it will alert you to that. And you'd ask before, like, how do I help people mm-hmm. move forward and gain clarity? This is one of the ways is I like to be annoying. And so what happens in the system <laughs> is that you'll get a warning saying, hey, this person's gift didn't come in. Here are three potential next steps you can take with that person. And there is no way to get rid of that aside from taking a next step. Ah, <laughs> which I, I, yeah. If you reached out to me, I would help you with it. But I, what I'm trying to get across <laughs> to people is that this is a point of clarity. You have to make a decision. Is this gift actually going to be received? Then you know, change the date to when you really have been told that will come in. Is this person no longer going to give? You need to confront that reality in your life and, and end that gift so that you can <laughs> move on with your life. You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I like that, and I would imagine that. For for somebody who has this partnership where they're working with a group of people or a number of people to minister together, you know, some of them providing financial or prayer support, one of them more specifically working on the ground or maybe a small group, I would imagine sometimes the hardest emails to write or phone calls to make are the ones that go something like, hey, I noticed that you haven't given anything in the last two or three months, you know, what's going on? Are you able to make those emails easier to write or is there a way that people can approach those to kind of get over some of that fear and, and honor that relationship, but also go, hey, it, something's changed here. Can we talk about this? Yeah, that's a great question. And that is one of the worst positions to be in emotionally. I don't think it truly is a bad position. But the first thing that you can do, and this is what Support Goal tries to help you do, is to avoid having that be six months. <laughs> you know, Hey, I, I noticed that it's been six months since you last gave. And apparently I'm just noticing now, cause I'm just reaching out to you now. Mm. That's the terrible position because not only have you not received six months worth of funds that you were expecting, but now you're communicating to your partner that, Hey, our level of involvement with each other is I half a year check in and see what's happening. And yeah. then I get back to you as soon as, you know, money's not coming in kind of thing. And that's just no good. It's discouraging for you and it communicates something you don't want to communicate to your partner. But for a lot of people, it's just the reality of how well they're able to perform in a haphazard manner when fundraising and in ministry without a tool, without a system. So first thing it says does, it helps you catch it in a more timely manner. And the second thing it would do is it actually presents some templated text on what you might communicate to your partner in a way that you know, take some of that pressure off you to, in that moment, come up with words. Yeah, I, I like that. Yeah, I think back to exp- an experience I had a couple of months ago where my bank had changed my credit card and I didn't realize that one of the, <laughs> the missionaries I support, that wasn't coming through. And it was it was two or three months and he reached out to me and we, we had a, a talk, but I thought to myself, man, that must really stink for him to have to reach out and face the potential rejection of somebody going, yeah, I just didn't want to tell you that I didn't want to support you. Now, that wasn't the case for us, right? We still wanted to support him and felt bad about missing that that wasn't going through. But I'm like, man, that's, that's just such a rough place for, for somebody to be. And I, I'm very thankful that you've provided some ways to take 
a little bit of the pressure off from that. Now, as I think about relationship management software, I, I've used some in the past myself. I've at work, I've tried out Salesforce, which for me was just an absolute nightmare. And I'm wondering <laughs> for for somebody who's maybe picking up something like Support Goal or maybe specifically Support Goal from an operation standpoint, how much work goes into the keeping the system alive? Are they working to support the system or how does the system support them? That's a great question. And honestly, Salesforce is one of the things that inspired me to create <laughs> support goal, Salesforce <laughs> and a couple other packages, because, you know, what I discovered was that unless you have somebody on staff with you who's proficient with something like Salesforce and some, some of these more complicated tools and able to devote that time, it, it's really not worth it to your organization to go down that road, even if you can get it for free, because the support overhead is just so immense and people end up not using it and not using it correctly. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I, I think someone like it could really benefit from support goal would be these these places that don't have the resources to really fully utilize a system like Salesforce. So as far as operating the system, is there, what, what has to happen? Do they have to go in and edit things or does stuff automatically sync? So in terms of operating it, it's, it's simple. It's, you know, it's a web application and people just sort of take that for granted today. But what people forget is that this has been a major paradigm shift in the last 10 or 15 years in the way that we do computing is that now you can have these full-fledged complex apps that are completely managed and taken care of remotely for you. So that all you have to do is connect to it, but you don't have to do any of the upgrades or maintenance or why is it not working or what's going on with my system kind of stuff that we used to have to do with applications. And we still have to with some desktop applications. Um, so that's the first thing about it. Second thing is that in terms of operating it, it's really an issue of just entering the data that you're collecting as you're going along. Mm-hmm. And some of that requires some manual entry. For example, if you have a conversation with someone on the phone, we can't actually grab, can't grab that audio and insert it in there, but you have to type up little notes. On the other hand, things like gift information, stuff that is more programmatic or more just straight up data, we do the best we can to connect with different systems to get that into support goal quickly and efficiently, because let's be honest, we're trying to save you time and not having you retype things that the computer already knows is a big part of that. Have you ever talked to any of your any of the missionaries or the fundraising people that that work with Support Goal and ask them how much time it does save them? You know, I have talked with them. I actually have a little file that I keep to encourage myself about <laughs> testimonials and people uh, spontaneously will write it and say, "Oh, thanks, this is really helpful." Blah blah blah. Uh, unfortunately, none of those were analytical in the terms of, "Hey, I went from spending half an hour to fifteen minutes on this kind of thing." But yeah. what I have heard people say repeatedly is how. Helpful that it's been to them to be organized, to know that all their stuff's in one place. It's not spread out across many different spreadsheets or databases that they only simply have to log in and see exactly what's in front of them and take action on it. And they don't have to guess or spend tons of time thinking. In my circles, we have this thing called passive hours, which is this concept of, okay, you're supposed to spend X number of hours of your job doing fundraising. And passive hours are things that don't involve actually talking to people or or having appointments or whatever. It's more like organizing. Mm. And if I can make it so that you do almost no passive hours, meaning you don't spend time just looking at your data, trying to figure out what to do, but that you're spending the majority of your time on active ministry and active fundraising, that's that's what I want to do. Now, having something like this software that is offered to a variety of people using probably a variety of different computers and web browsers and, and all of the, the various pieces of technology that go into this, I would imagine there's a little bit of workload are you able to to devote all of your working time to helping support support goal? 
that's the beauty of the situation that God has really provided for me these last years is while it's not something financially that can be a full-time focus at this point, the reality of the rest of my working is that my days are entirely flexible. And so what Mm. I typically do is I schedule my time in such a way that I know I'll be able to meet my commitments from some of the consulting work which I use to keep the lights on, but then also continue to move support goal forward. But when things do come up, I'm able to shift and reprioritize and, and take those into action. Wow, that, that's really neat. And, you know, thinking about a consulting job and then also having a software company, because that's pretty much what this is. I, I know that when I talk to consultants that we use at work, it seems like the workload is really up and down. So when it's on, it's really on. And when it's not, you know, you've maybe got a couple of weeks where there's not a lot going on. Are you able to find a level of balance where you're able to put your focus there and also make sure that you maintain that relationship with your family and the people around you? Yes. Sorry, I was trying to think of something witty to say about my family, but I (laughs) don't want to dishonor them anyway. Um, No, it's actually good. Having small children at home has actually been a blessing. And if you guys are listening to this when you grow up, please understand. But it's encouraging me to to work more because honestly, work is somewhat of a break in this stage of life. Mm. And so uh, there are plenty of opportunities to be around the family. And But then it's also nice to be able to step away and focus on the computer and, and move things forward in that way. So, and with the consulting world, yes, you're right. There often is a feast or famine cycle to it. I've been very fortunate in that I have long relationships with a couple of key clients that keep me busy. And I have a pretty good sense of what the load's going to be at any given time. Okay. Yeah. As I was thinking about support goal and I had the suspicion that this wasn't the only thing that you did. I thought to myself, you know, how, how would you be able to support something like this? Because you don't always know when you're going to have a server problem. You don't always know when something's going to happen. So it's really exciting to hear that, that there is this situation where you're able to have that flexibility. As I'm thinking about, you know, somebody who's listening, maybe there's somebody who's listening and they're going, okay, support, support goal sounds really cool. But right now, I'm just struggling overall with fundraising. I'm struggling with even maybe the ideas behind it. Is there a resource that you'd recommend for somebody who wants to 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 understand more and maybe make a change in their fundraising? There are some resources. And that's an excellent question. And one of the things I have actually noticed when I was, you know, moving support go forward is there really are not a ton of places online to talk about this stuff or to get help or to ask questions, at least not that I can find. And maybe I'm just really bad at Googling or maybe Google Mm -hmm. is filtering me. I don't know. But what I tried to do to address that is created something called the forum for fundraisers or the fundraisers forum. And this is simply a hosted discussion forum that I provide. It's a forum.supportgold.com where people can come and ask questions and receive advice and share best practices. Because honestly, we're all doing this work, but there's so much that we could learn if we talk to one another and, and just share resources, even if it's just, you know, what, what does your prayer letter look like and how have you found it's impactful and not impactful? Yeah. Um, oh, go ahead. Beyond that, a, a book that I have found very helpful is called Coach Your Champions. That's the one that talks about transformational giving. Hmm. I've also been really impressed with the stuff coming out of Support Raising Solutions. They've been very helpful and, and knowledgeable in terms of The God Ask by Steve Shadrach and mm-hmm. the training that they do and you know, there's lots of good resources like that if you can find them. And if you have specific questions or needs, I'm always happy to answer by email and try to point you in the right direction of the folks that I'm connected to. Cool. And, and you know, as I was thinking about your website, I, I noticed when I stopped by that you had something out there just available for free on your website that was designed to help people understand who might be some of those key connections in their lives. Would you mind sharing a little bit about what that is? 
Sure. You'll have to excuse my English because I don't know if this is a compound word or what, but uh, it's a name storming tool. Yeah. And so sometimes I write it as one word, sometimes I break it up into two. And what it does is it simply takes you through a series of prompts to help you brainstorm and name storm individuals that you could talk to. Because depending on where you're at in the process of fundraising, as you know, when you first get into it, one of the first things you do is just sit down on a piece of paper and write out every name that comes to mind of folks you might get in touch with, doctors and dentists and aunts and uncles and all that kind of stuff. And when you're further along in fundraising, it's helpful every once in a while, every couple months, I think, just to stop and reflect and start thinking through those categories again, because you're continually meeting new people. God is bringing different people to mind, that kind of information, and getting that one spot where you can then take action on it. And the nice thing about this tool is you don't have to use Support Goal to use this tool. It's just free to go on and take use of. But if you do happen to use Support Goal, it will dump that information directly into Support Goal for you, so you don't have to enter it twice. And for those that use a different system, you can just download it and then import it whatever way works for your tool. Really cool. I, I really liked that when I saw that. Now, as I think about Support Goal, we, we've talked a little bit about that. We haven't really told everybody where to go find it. So if somebody wanted to connect with you or know more about Support Goal, where would they go? The best way to go would be just to go to supportgoal.com, one word, S-U-P-P-O-R-T, goal.com. And from there, they can contact me by email. My email is just simply carl with a K at supportgoal.com. Or there's a, there's a help feature on there that you can request information from straight away. And if they want to try out support goal, you can get started right away. You don't need to hear from me. You just sign up and start using it. And I love working with folks as they begin exploring the system. And so I typically reach out to them within a, a day or so and just see how they're doing and then set up a, a webinar so we can actually talk through their specific situation if they're interested and, and try to help them get going. Okay. And, and I think we talked a little bit about organizations. Is, is this well-tuned for, is it better for an individual or an organization? What, who's it best for? I think it is best for individual missionaries and small to medium-sized organizations. It definitely, I believe in writing opinionated software. I'm not trying to be everything to everyone. And the best way to assess it is to actually use it and see how it fits your needs. But I have tried to gear it towards, like I said, those individuals and those small teams, small, medium-sized teams. Carl, I, I absolutely love what you're doing. I'm wondering now, is there is there a way that we can best pray for you? Yeah, I would just appreciate that you, God would give me wisdom about how to continue to spread the word and specifically how to continue to help equip missionaries to do this work well and to not just get through it, but to really create partners and champions and raise up their influence in the ministry through the work they're doing with fundraising. Uh, I, I love that. And for, for those of you listening, I would like to encourage you take a minute, go ahead and stop the recording and take a minute to pray. Because I know from my experience, if you don't do that, or at least if I didn't do that, it's really easy to forget. I'll think to myself, hey, I'll pray when I go to bed or I'll pray tomorrow morning. Uh, and if I don't write it down or I don't just do it, I'll forget. So I'd like to encourage you to do that. Stop by the show notes. We'll have everything linked up for you there so that you can connect with Carl and check out Support Goal if you're interested. Maybe check out that name storming tool. I think that might be worthwhile. Carl, I appreciate you doing this. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you, Brian. It was great. In just a minute, I'm going to have for you an audiobook recommendation. But first, I'd like to ask for your prayers and your input about two things. First, I need a bookkeeper. It's something that I'm really struggling with. I do some work on the side to help fund what's going on with Engaging Missions Show to help 
to to keep making this available for you. And one of the things I'm struggling with is bookkeeping, keeping track of the money coming in and the money going out. And I would like to ask for your prayers and also maybe your input. If you or somebody you know might be a great bookkeeper, I'd love to have that connection. Either way, I would appreciate your prayers because this is a gap that I need to get filled. It's somebody that I need to find. And I'm, I'm asking for your help in this. And second, I'm in the process right now of booking guests for this show. I've got a couple more lined up and a couple more that I need to reach out to. But if you know of somebody that you think would benefit from the show and might be a great guest, I would love to hear from you. I'd love to have the opportunity for you to help me connect with another great guest for this show. If you know somebody like that, or going back to the bookkeeping, if you know somebody who might be a great bookkeeper, please shoot me an email. That would be feedback at engagingmissions.com. I would love to hear from you either way, even if you're just saying, hey, I'm praying for you that you would find great guests or that you would find a bookkeeper. I would love to hear from you. I would really very much appreciate that. This week's audiobook recommendation coming to you from missionalaudio.com is called A Revolution in World Missions. This is a book that one of the former guests of the show recommended. I'm going to read you a little bit of the excerpt about it so that you can understand more about the book. It says, In this exciting and fast-moving narrative, K.P. Yohanan shares how God brought him from his remote Indian village to become the founder of Gospel for Asia. Drawing from the fascinating true stories and eye-opening statistics, KP challenges Christians to examine and change their lifestyles in view of millions who have never heard the gospel. If you're looking for something to listen to, maybe on your drive to and from work, or to encourage you while you're washing the dishes, or perhaps you you just don't have the time to read a, a paper book, this might be a great way for you to connect with this and to have God continue to expand your worldview, to continue expanding your view of the kingdom. You can find that linked up at missionalaudio.com, and I'll have a link for that in the show notes. Either way, I'd, I'd like to recommend that you check that out. It might be worth picking up, and even if it's not something that you're looking for, perhaps there's something else listed at missionalaudio.com that you would find valuable. Now, on the other side, if you know of an audiobook or a podcast that you'd like to make sure we get listed at missionalaudio.com, I would love to hear from you. Send an email to feedback at engagingmissions.com or just visit missionalaudio.com and recommend it right there. I want to make this an amazing resource for people who are interested in missional living, in evangelism, in church planting, in, in missions, to find the resources that they're looking for, whether they're looking to encourage themselves or to learn and grow or perhaps to connect more with what God's doing in the earth. I want to make this available for them. So if you know of something, please don't hesitate to let me know. Well, this week we've heard from Carl from Support Goal. We've welcomed a couple of people who have liked the Facebook page for Engaging Missions. I've also asked you for your input on a couple of things. First, I'd love to hear where you're listening from. Second, I would love to have your prayers and also maybe your your support or your assistance in finding a bookkeeper and also great guests for the show. We've also had an audiobook recommendation brought to you by missionalaudio.com. My thanks to Carl Meisterheim for being with us to you for joining us, and also to Gabby and Jeff for the work that they do on this show. I don't do this alone. They also help me, and they're incredibly valuable to the team. Show notes are available at engagingmissions.com slash Carl Meisterheim. And I'm going to go ahead and spell that for you because that's a a pretty unique name. It's K-A-R-L-M-E-I-S-T-E-R-H-E-I-M. That's engagingmissions.com slash Carl 
Meisterheim. That's where you're going to find ways to comment, connect, and share. And if it's hard to, to remember how to spell that name, if you're listening in a podcast app because you've subscribed, you can always tap the album art and find a link to go to the show notes page right from there. In fact, I've even got sometimes uh, summaries and stuff in there that you can check out. Make sure that you come back next week. We're going to have a special guest, and I'm not going to reveal this guest's identity to you yet. I'm just going to tell you that this is a guest who is working in, in the marketplace, and he's living out of his faith there in the marketplace, but he's also launching a ministry that could be incredibly valuable both to the church and also outside the walls of the church. I think that this is going to be a really, really valuable conversation. I think you're going to enjoy this. The best way to do that, if you haven't already, is to subscribe using your favorite podcast app. Visit engagingmissions.com slash subscribe. And if you have a story about how you have been equipped challenged or inspired through the Engaging Missions show, I would love to hear from you. You can send an email to feedback at engagingmissions.com, or perhaps if you're interested in leaving a rating and review for the show, you could also leave that information right there. Just go to engagingmissions.com slash subscribe, tap through using your favorite podcast app, and then in Apple Podcasts, you can leave a rating and review or in Stitcher. Those are the two places I know of that you can leave ratings and reviews, and both of those are available by visiting engagingmissions.com slash subscribe. One last time, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you, and I look forward to connecting again next week. Thanks for listening to the Engaging Missions show. You can find more great content like this along with show notes by visiting engagingmissions.com or by subscribing to the show in iTunes or Stitcher. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be back next week. 